Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, Pat Dad, the man who smacks it down raw. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the Booker T to my gold dust. I'll give you a sip of my Slurpee if I can take a bite of your wiener. What's up, Greg? Good Lord. <laughs> you remember uh, that segment? Yeah, I do. Uh, if anybody wants to. It was to in a 7 Eleven. Yep. Think about it every time I go in. You ask uh, random guys for bites of their wiener? No, no. Nobody with self respect gets a 7 Eleven hot dog, so no. <laughs> right. Look, I can tell what kind of person you are just by seeing whether or not you're buying a hot dog in 7 Eleven, all right? <laughs> Like, uh, you're not using anything of mine. All right. Like, back off. I literally draw the line at Slurpees for that store. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, Ohio has like one or two 7 Elevens, and they're in Columbus. Outside of that, 7 uh, Eleven doesn't exist out here. Not even joking. I have three within spinning distance of my house. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we do Speedway out here. Speedways and Circle Ks and in certain areas, Sheets. Anybody from the area knows Sheets. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I don't know Sheets. Man. <laughs> uh, anyway, man, uh, we are talking today about one of the greatest wrestling shows of all time. And I'm not even saying for once, I'm not saying that in a sarcastic manner. This show, man, I've been excited to watch it back and excited to talk about it. It's SummerSlam 2002 from 20 years ago today. The show that I think single-handedly kicked off the uh, resurgence of the Heartbreak Kid in his second freaking career, which is nuts. And damn, man, it just was a great show. Amazing show. Well, yeah, that's that's very true. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I don't even know if I can do it justice by saying how great it was. But it, it, it really was. Uh, usually when we talk about a show like this, it's dripping in sarcasm. But I, I swear to you, we're telling the truth this time. No sarcasm whatsoever. And there's actually quite a bit of news uh, to talk about around this time. I wasn't sure going into it how much there would actually be, but... Uh, we we got a decent amount of stuff to talk about around the world, Greg. I feel like we've done this enough to where you should know. Some of these shows, it's like, uh, I feel like the news is stretched out by like, there's like one or two big stories that we just stretch it out. But 
I don't know. This one I went in, I was like, eh, we'll see. And that's like, damn, it's more than I expected. Right in the summer of uh, 2002. It's uh, good stuff to talk about here, but it's our third SummerSlam of the year. And it's our final one before we move into uh, all things September. But real quick. Thank God, I'm tired of the hot or the heat. Yeah, I'm about ready for the. Uh, I, I am ready for it to just be cold, 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 please. Yeah, well, your cold is a lot different than my cold. <laughs> so I am, I'm ready for the fall. I'll say that. I'm very ready for the fall. Not so much for the winter, but. Yeah, well, I, I feel like the summers went on a long time, and it's because it's been like freaking 90-some degrees almost da- all damn summer. So it's been freaking unbearable. But either way, before we get into all the news and notes, we're going to pause right quick to let you know that the main event, Marks, is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great-tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code, Main Event Marks. That is all one word to get 15% off your order. It's Main Event Marks. All one word for 15% off your order. We're going to move into our first break of the podcast. Uh, On the other side of this, however, we're going to dive into the news and notes from the summer of 02. Right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's main event marks redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Show your good side to the world and get rewarded. Become a plasma donor at Griffles and receive up to $800 your first month. You'll help save the lives of millions of patients. Learn more at GrifflesPlasma.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah brother, that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go movie. way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. 
What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. I know. We're back. We're back. Just to let you know, the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code MAINEVENT. That's all one word to save 10% off your order. That's promo code MAINEVENT to save 10% at checkout. News and notes time. WWE. Wow. Uh, Roll tide on that one. Right off the bat. Uh, It's going to be a good day, Tater. But hey, uh, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> close enough. Well, you uh, oh you're... Lord, it sucks. Oh, <laughs> what? This what? drink sucks. What is it? <laughs> it's uh, some off-brand iced coffee I picked oh. up at the dollar store. Oh, I really gosh. got what I paid for. <laughs> I learned that the hard way on on uh, hold on here. Let me items. on the. Victor Allen's coffee. Wow, that should have been the giveaway. All right, okay. <laughs> My fault. Wow. Well, if, if do you not can, drink Victor Allen's coffee. I do not endorse them. If you could find a whiter name. <laughs> Victor I, can usually be Mexican, okay? So you shut your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> but, but the last name Allen? I mean, come on now. I'll give uh, you that. Uh, I, I, I will say you'd, you'd hey, be what proud of me. Oh, there's a white guy named Josh Allen, so there you go. You're right. It's true. Uh, <laughs> you'd be proud of me lately, though, because uh, I did not. This this last time when I had to go out and buy coffee, I bought whole bean and I've been grinding it fresh every morning. I want to cry right now. You know that <laughs> feeling like if you were a father and your kid comes home with like an A plus and like uh, a calculus or something. Yeah, that's me right now. <laughs> uh, good Lord. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's not some like fancy brand name or anything like that. It's like eight o'clock. No, but you're doing it, it the way you should. I bet you. I don't know if you can tell, but it's a lot different. It tastes better. Uh, a lot yeah, more well, fresh. I, I will say, unless they want to endorse us, you know, and give us a, a deal, uh, Maxwell House is not the way to go. Folgers. Oh, Maxwell House is the worst. My, my mom is a Keurig. I bought my mom a Keurig. I don't know if you what that is, but I got uh, Maxwell mm-hmm. House Keurig cups. Yep. Man, those things taste burnt. Holy crap. Yeah, they give me heartburn. I, it, it's it's gross. I, I cannot. It's called, it's called I, being over-extracted. They didn't. They over-extracted, that's all. Yeah, I can't do Maxwell House. Uh, Folgers I like. I, I endorse Folgers. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, because uh, I if even had that. you didn't get that, Keep Cups, uh, Starbucks is the way to go on the Keep Cups. 
you pay a little bit more, but trust me, you want that. Yeah. And well, I have one of those reusable ones, so I would grind my coffee and put it in there yeah. and use it. So, but either way, uh, getting into the wrestling here, WWE. Oh, dis- are we going to get a sponsorship out of this? Because you know, we I sure hope so. Stuff. Hey, Folgers, <laughs> hit us up, man. I'll have Folgers in my cup every damn morning if you sponsor us. Uh, but WWE destroyed the Australian attendance record. Their recent show this week in Melbourne drew a sellout crowd of nearly 57,000 people and a $5.7 million gate. Uh, that's in Australian dollars, what? whatever the hell they use. Well, still, is it Australian yeah. or are they translated into American? I've seen both. Uh, they say it's $5.7 million in Australian, so I, I don't know what that is in American dollars, but yeah. Uh, Pretty sure, though, it's a nice chunk of change, so. Yeah, hey, you know what, Australia? I think you still have the queen on your money, therefore we win, okay? Just saying. Uh, can I say that? Yeah, yeah, we got President Ben Franklin, you know? <laughs> My God. Uh, anyway. Uh, ben it, Franklin was never president. Yeah, maybe not of your country. <laughs> Shall it wow. whoever gets that? <laughs> he was ruled with hatred. <laughs> Either way, uh, this equals out to the fourth largest gate in WWE history, trailing behind only WrestleMania's 18, 17, and 6. Not bad company. So two Hogan's and an Austin. That's pretty Uh, impressive to beat. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because Hogan did headline uh, technically uh, WrestleMania 18. I mean, Austin was on the card. There's no technically there. Yeah, I know. He, Nobody he wasn't all He was the main event. He just wasn't the last match on the card. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, there was controversy That's last cool. week of the show when Hulk Hogan pulled out. Speaking of him, uh, since he's Giggity. been. <laughs> wow. Uh, since he's been the top star advertised for months and was a big reason why a lot of those tickets were sold. And it got a lot of negative mainstream publicity in the days before. Hogan didn't want to take the two long plane rides due to his worsening back problems and also asked for the weekend off for his birthday. And there's also rumors of a financial dispute between Hogan and WWE. Paul Heyman came out and he and Brock Lesnar, or excuse me, Brock Lesnar, tried to get the heat back from Hogan uh, not being there since Lesnar was the one who took him out on Raw last week. But fans Smackdown. were pretty. Uh, well, then are you saying that Uncle Dave remembered incorrectly? I I kind of am. Yes, that bear hug happened on SmackDown. Well, how dare you? Anyway, uh, <laughs> but fans were still pretty pissed about No Hulkster. Lance Storm, Christian, and Test were all seen as huge baby faces to the fans because <laughs> they're in the midst of doing their un-Americans gimmick. I don't think I'll show you give a damn about that kind of stuff. Apparently, uh, and, you know, this is laughed about, or I, I always laughed about this on The Simpsons. They did something about this. Outside of America. I remember that. <laughs> if you're super pro-America, uh, everybody else hates you. I don't know. How dare I, you be pro whatever country you're in? I think it's a Tom Brady syndrome, Greg. Like, you know, when you're on top, everybody just hates you. Yeah. True. I probably tuned out, you know, our whole handful of listeners outside of the u.s but he didn't say anything bad yeah we just said we're better than you and you know it i didn't say that 
I did, I did not say that I, though. Yeah, I I, I, I pulled an MJF on you. But anyway, maybe uh, a couple hours away from his return. Stay tuned. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, after more than a year of rumors, Bill Goldberg is finally making moves in the wrestling world. Goldberg will work as an announcer for the Pride K1 Joint Stadium show this coming week. And then later that week, he'll make his in-ring return for All Japan Pro Wrestling, working both nights of their 30th anniversary show in Budokan Hall. The first night, he will face Satoshi Kojima, and he will face Teo Kai, I believe, uh, in the following night. Uh, these will be Goldberg's first matches since January of 2001, when he worked his final WCW match. On top of this, Goldberg decided to return Vince McMahon's calls, finally. Goldberg has scheduled a meeting with Vince to negotiate a WWE deal, so we may finally see Goldberg in WWE soon, assuming the talks go well. We will, but like in about a half a year. Yeah, right. We're about, we're about six months away. I like how one of the biggest players in WCW history came through like... Oh, long, like over a year after the invasion angle was dead and buried. <laughs> well, would you want to be a part of that? Yeah. Yeah, we get the the NWO and Goldberg were nowhere to be seen until way after that damn thing was dead. Yeah, they guys. come in apart, too. Right. And <laughs> it's not like they came in together. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Sting never came in. Like anyway, I I guess he was removed by what fifteen years or some crap. Give or take. Yeah, nuts. Uh, but either way, we had touched on this on a previous two thousand two episode. I can't remember which, but you know, it, now in the archives, whatever. Uh, I think King of the Ring, maybe. Uh, Steve Austin was arrested this week in relation to the alleged assault on his wife Deborah. Austin turned himself into police on August 13th and was booked on charges of assault causing bodily harm, a Class A misdemeanor. Deborah declined to file charges, but the police evidently had enough evidence to pursue it themselves, so they did and issued a warrant for his arrest. Uh, Austin was released after posting a $5,000 bail or bond, rather. If convicted, he faces a maximum of a year in prison and a $4,000 maximum fine. The arrest reopened the case to the public eye and made mainstream news throughout the country. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, WWE also reported this on WWE.com, so that kind of shows where Austin was sitting with them at this time. He was literally sitting at home at this time. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, WWE, you know, still weren't on good uh, terms with him right now, but... That would all change. When was it that he actually comes back? February. Oh, wow. So we're still a ways away. Yeah. Either way, this first part of the story is is normal, but the second part is like, wow. Oh, man, let me prepare for this. (laughs) WWE did a site survey for safe er, at Safeco Field to see about hosting WrestleMania 19 there. Right now, it's the front runner for the show, and WWE held back-to-back Raw and SmackDown tapings there on consecutive nights as a way to test the market. If the shows did good, the WrestleMania in Seattle was probably a go. If not, back to the drawing board. Anyway, Raw was sold out, and SmackDown was 90% full, so it's looking pretty certain that Seattle will host WrestleMania. And it does. 
Yeah, it's it's just it, it, where we are now is mind blowing to me that we're in August and they're still like, eh, where are we going to put WrestleMania? <laughs> like now we know where it's going to be at for the next like two years. <laughs> Freaking crazy, man. I mean, I realize they were probably booking these like during the, the shutdowns and everything. They were trying to, you know, get stuff in there early. But still, even before that, like the night of WrestleMania, we'd always know where it was going to be the next year. So I, well, this, at the very least, they would announce it on that WrestleMania. Right. So this just is like, wow, we're, you know, what, six-ish months out, you know, give or take, maybe eight months. Keep in mind, though, we're only uh, two WrestleManias into it being like the destination WrestleMania. Like nowadays, everybody flocks to it. I'm not saying they didn't before, but it's certainly bigger now. Now they have more incentive to do it way ahead of time. Yeah. Like the stadiums exclusively now is telling. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, for years, yeah, it was big and it was their biggest show of the year and everything else. And yeah, people did flock to it. However, I think it was more of a, they depended more heavily on a local market, I think, back then. Now, like, you know, to your point, you know, everybody flies in for that or drives in or whatever. It's bid on now. It's the damn Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, it's it's gigantic. Uh, but here's the part of the Huge. story. It's like. Stupendous. Sorry. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, it's a happening, Greg. That was one of my whatever. favorites when I was a kid. Now I think about it. It's funny. Nice. Dude, I swear to God, like. Every every big show, Gorilla Monsoon would use that, and he'd use it about five thousand times. I'll tell you, Brain, it's a happening. Like, what does that mean? Shut the hell up. <laughs> it means it's happening. Yeah, it's a happening. Like, is a happening? Is is that a noun now? Like, I I don't know. <laughs> well, you just say a happening for now. Well, this is a part of the story that kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh, my gosh. At those TV tapings in Seattle, a local radio DJ named Andy Savage was there to do some pre-show crowd hype stuff. Uh, Well, he went out before the tapings and announced to the crowd that WrestleMania will be in Seattle. Needless to say, the crowd went nuts. However, WWE didn't want the word out yet because they have big plans to do a rally in a few months, coinciding with tickets going on sale. So they sent ring announcer Tony Chimmel out there to tell the crowd that Seattle was being considered, but it's not official. That resulted in the crowd booing him heavily. Did he crack his voice when he said it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, I mean, freaking poor Tony Chimmel. Dude. <laughs> like, hey, uh, go out there and break everybody's spirit. Do it. Do it. Do it. This freaking idiot, man. Like, like why? Why? You say that for all most radio DJs, though. Are they all dumb? Uh, pretty much. I've known a few. There's something wrong with every one of them. Howard Stern, Bubba Love Sponge. Man what was cow. that idiot in Chicago? Yeah, Man Cow. I was him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What was, was it New Blood Rising, the show that he was at? Yes. Yeah, Now in the Archives. Now in the Archives. Him good and Lord. Jimmy Hart. Hell yeah, I don't know what you're saying good lord about. That was some good crap, man. Oh, good no, crap, you're mis- pal. You're mishearing mis- that. I, good lord, what a match. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. It was a happening. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you need to listen better. 
please. Thank you. Yeah, that that well, that's that's what I was saying during that match. Is uh, this is happening anyway? <laughs> uh, this is some this is some year over year stuff uh, for WWE. At some point, it's not entirely Russo's fault. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know, man. That was booked by him, so I it, I, I don't know. Well, we don't know that. I mean, I don't know if we can do anything with outside wrestlers, so that one he might have to get a pass on. I don't know how that works, but I can't imagine he's just like, oh, we're going to get a radio DJ. I, again, I don't know. Maybe. He but, he was a big uh, Howard Stern fan. I'm sure he could not get Howard Stern to come in there and do that crap, so he got the uh, got Howard discount Stern's Howard Stern. Yeah. Well, yeah, he got the whack pack, but he couldn't get the actual, like, you know, the leader of them to show up. Uh, Howard was probably like, you want me to do what? <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, I've done a lot of disgusting things in my day, but I will not do that. He draws a line at WCW, dude. <laughs> I would. Think about that. Right. God. Uh, here's some year-over-year stuff for WWE. Uh, comparing July of 2001 to July of 2002, average attendance is down 44.6%. The average gate is down 39.9%. Raw ratings are down 24.4%. SmackDown ratings are down 16.6%. In July of last year, they sold out about 30% of house shows. This July, they only sold out about 3%. So, yeah. not like they had to worry house about anything. House shows just suck. But, I'm sorry. They do. Yeah. I will say this. I mean, obviously, business is still good. They're still making money. And to this day, they're, you know, they're sitting pretty, especially with their TV deals. However, uh, I mean, it's it's true that after WC... After WCW died and ECW was, you know, long buried, people really did tune out. I mean, some some people just uh, I've talked to people like that before. They they have not watched wrestling since the day WCW died. They just tuned out. It's not a lot, but it was a big enough chunk that I don't know. I think they were in it for the, the quote unquote war. And that was about it. I, I I don't get that because like you and I talked about the last couple of years of WCW, that was not WCW. That was I, oh, WCW garbage, in name bro. only. Yeah, it was WCW in name only. That was it. Like the rest of it was like that was not the company that anybody remembered. But I don't know. It it is what it is. The uh, speaking of. This company, though, the latest on the ECW bankruptcy proceedings was a motion that would see all remaining ECW assets going to the video game company Acclaim. However, WWE filed an objection this week claiming that they're still owed $616,287 from ECW. Good Lord. Uh, The only thing left. Isn't that like going to like uh, uh, someone's gravesite and then, you know, being like, hey, you owe me money? Have you ever heard of the death tax, Greg? <laughs> there you go. That's like, yeah, that's like hounding We're relatives. We're on God's door then. Eh? How, what else are you going to do? Where are you going to get this money from? <laughs> hey, uh, hospital bills. After my uh, my wife's step-grandfather passed away, they sent some bills to the house. And my, my, my mother-in-law was like, eh, oh, good luck getting that money. The only thing left of the company with any value is still the video library. Pioneer Video, the company that worked with ECW on video releases, also wants to put out more old ECW videos and is trying to stake a claim to the footage. Obviously, WWE <sighs> buy it all. 
hey, man, apparently it made some money. Don't ask me why. Oh, dear, from idiots, you thought this was good. <sighs> yeah, well, it was the same people that would flock to to uh, Philadelphia. Ugh. I don't know how many people. Are you trying to go there? there but... So, was I trying to go there? So, aren't you trying to go there in a couple years? Most many's there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I might. I, I don't know. It's one of them. It's like, do I? Do I want to go? Do I like? Uh... I, I've always wanted to see Philadelphia. I'll say that. I just, uh, what's, what side of Philadelphia was the ECW arena on? Because maybe I should avoid that neighborhood. Hell, final. We'll have to look it up so we can uh, not go there. But then again, we tried to avoid Queens in New York, and we ended up staying there. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, actually ended up, for all the jokes people make about it, Queens was not as bad as I thought it would be. We so. picked the right part, too. Yeah, we didn't right. pick the common parts. Oh yeah, <laughs> if there's one thing Queens has a lot of, it's common parts. <laughs> uh, the initial toxicology reports on Davy Boy Smith are back and showed oh, no signs of street drugs in his system. Results regarding uh, steroids and other prescription drugs may take longer, as they're being done by a lab in France. I that one, I hell if I know. Did they send his blood over there or like, uh, and even so, why? Like, we don't have any labs here in America. Yeah, I don't know. Or even England for that matter. (laughs) Or Canada or, you know, whatever. Like, geez, there there are like three other countries before France. But whatever. Either way, Uh, speaking of. They might have like a top notch drug place or something for something like that. I guess there's probably a reason. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of which, toxicology results also came back for Russ Toxic. Toss. What the saying? hell? It's uh, the beginning of toxic attraction. Oh, gosh. Uh, but they, you they know, guys, came... the best things of wrestling. I know. What's wrong uh, well, with you? But four, well, six of the best things in wrestling. Anyway. Um... Uh, four and a half. Good Lord. <laughs> I just like the anyway. new number. <laughs> uh, but the results came back for Russ Haas, Charlie's, I think, older brother, uh, a while back, and he also had no drugs in his his system either. His death appears to have simply been a tragic natural causes heart attack at a young age. Yeah, he uh, he passed. That we got to keep being like, hey, this person wasn't on drugs. Yeah, right. Because it's a thing. Like, yeah, well, when you see a young wrestler die, first thought is like, oh, he was probably doing drugs, unfortunately. But, yeah, no, Russ Haas had, um, I think, he had some kind of heart condition. And I guess he, he got diagnosed with it literally, like, I think two weeks before he died. Freaking nuts, man. But... Either way, I got one story out of Mexico this week, and it does actually involve Conan... <laughs> Well, what do you mean does actually? No, it would be sucky if it didn't. Well, remember the last couple ones, you were like, what did Conan do this time? And I'm like, surprisingly, uh, nothing this time. Oh, but this one Vampiro. does. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, CMLL head Paco Alonso was asked about the possibility of bringing Conan back to the promotion, but Alonso said that he would close the company before he ever brought Conan back. He held it with <laughs> work. <laughs> that's, that's nuts. <laughs> Uh, I want to like, rather the hell like, did he lose money than bring that jerk back. 
I know, right? It's like, what the hell did he do, man? Like, slap your mother? Like, damn. But uh, he did hold to his word. Conan reportedly tried to patch things up over uh, many years, but Paco Alonso went to his grave, never forgiving Conan. To this day, he's never been welcomed back in CMLL. Jeez, man. That what is... Grudge. Uh, yeah, right? That's why I said, it's like, what the hell did he do? Where you're like, I'm going to go to my grave hating you. Like, hot damn. Is he like Jim Cornette of, uh, of Mexico or something? Like, I will live I, to, I will live beyond Russo so I can piss on his grave. Yeah, right. Uh, and my thing with Paco, it's like, I, I, I really do want to know. It's like, what the hell did Conan do that was so bad? You couldn't just even like talk to the guy. <sighs> I've heard many stories that he's ripped people off. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but uh, I know he screwed a lot of people over and jumped back and forth and got too big for his britches and that kind of stuff. But ah. I like Conan. But in what world was he a big star? He's going to bring at least in uh, America. Well, in America, yeah. No, I mean, in Mexico, uh, I mean, people say he was like. As, at least as big as Hulk Hogan down there. They said he couldn't walk down the street without getting mobbed by just tons of fans. Which, <laughs> I'm like, really? Conan? Uh, Alright. K-Dog? <laughs> right. Uh, and it, it's weird to think of the evolution of Conan, because the reason he was named Conan is because he started off like, you know, a, the body of a Greek god, and he had like long hair, and they said he looked like Conan the Barbarian, so that's they named him whatever right. <laughs> yeah right but now moving to puerto rico w uh, in puerto rico which was looking to be on death's door a couple of weeks ago is suddenly getting a lot of mainstream publicity for an angle with carlos Colon and popular tv host antulio cobo santaras or uh, santa rosa sorry oh him yeah that guy we all we all know Kobo uh, Santa Rosa. Uh, either way, it, it appears sounds the, like a made up like made up creative wrestler name in two K twenty two. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you let the machine like name it for you. <laughs> you put it on random. But it appears that the issue between the two men started as a shoot when Cologne got into an argument with Santa Rosa at a TV studio, and it led to Cologne getting taken out by security and legitimately arrested. That story made the media rounds, but then Cologne and Santa Rosa worked out their differences and decided to turn it into an angle for TV. The charges got dropped, and they did a match where Santa Rosa actually uh, bladed for Cologne and took a beating, and then did the Steve Austin WrestleMania 13 finish, where Cologne had him bloodied and in a figure four, but Santa Rosa wouldn't submit and passed out. Keep in mind, this was not a wrestler. This was an effing TV host. Uh, he was a badass. Yeah, right. Uh, speaking of uh, WCCW and going back to uh, Conan for a second here. Uh, the week before. Cool. Well, I'm going to have that. Right. Uh, but the week before, WWC had another hot angle with Conan turning heel on the Cologne family in a unique way. The angle was uh, Conan had been romancing Stacy Cologne, Carlos's daughter. And it was all built up to where Conan was expected to propose to her. Uh, she was in the ring, and Conan had a guitar and was serenading her, and then turned and bashed it over her head with. The, 
<laughs> Bro. Uh, the whole arena fell silent at first and then went nuts, and, po- and uh, the police had to be called for backup to stop what turned into a legit riot. Uh, the plan uh. is for... The plan is for Carly Cologne, as we all know is Carlito, to go for revenge on behalf of his sister Carly against... Carly his name? Yeah, Carly. Wow. Yep. That sounds like something you used to make fun of. <laughs> right. That's what I thought, too. Uh, but he goes for... Uh, he's supposed to go for revenge on behalf of his sister against Conan at the anniversary show. Conan had since been getting death threats and needed extra security at later shows. Yeah, man, Puerto Rico goes hard, man. Like, hot damn. Conan still brags about this angle to this day, by the way. This was 20 years ago. Is he, it's uh... Like his crowning achievement. Yeah, because he was like, oh, he, he was like showing the footage and everything on his podcast. He's like, oh, you know, I'm playing a guitar, I get the mariachi band out there and everything, and then BAM! <laughs> And he didn't give it the guitar, so he freaking bashed this chick over the freaking head with a damn guitar. I'm like, mother of God! No wonder the crowd rioted. But either way, uh, now we go to Japan. And these are funny because Uncle Dave, ah, wow, he's actually uh, being like freaking brutal towards New Japan here. Masa as you say, my hero Chono won his right. fourth won his fourth New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax tournament, beating Yoshihiro Takayama in the finals. It aired as a live special on TV and did a disappointing rating, the latest in a long line of bad shows and disappointments for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uncle Dave recaps the whole show and why everything was pretty much just boring or bad. He said, quote, this idea of using shooters against New Japan has long since run its course, end quote. He also said things would only get worse if they kept booking like it's 1979. Ah, get yeah, uh, basically saying that, uh, you know, they're booking like, oh, well, if he's a legit badass shooter, that means he's over, right? Like, not necessarily. Well, not necessarily. Did he come out of a box? Yeah, exactly. Now, if he's a big, badass, legitimate shooter that comes out of a box, then, you know, then maybe he'll be over. But until I see the box, no go. (sighs) Anyway, (laughs) speaking of Antonio Inoki royally screwing things up, his latest UFO MMA show was a disaster. Needless to say, despite all of Inoki's claims, Mike Tyson and Thomas Hearns uh, did not appear. (laughs) I wonder why. There were only about 12,000 people in attendance, and only 5,000 or so of them were paid. Did I mention this was in the Tokyo Dome, by the way? Uh, It was the small... Yeah. It was the smallest MMA or wrestling audience in the history of the Dome. In the low light of the show, China showed up, not the country, the woman, uh, and challenged anyone... China with a Y. Right. It's over. Good lord. (laughs) Uh, why, as in, why are you here? Uh, showed up and challenged anyone in the audience to face her. They brought out a woman named Chika Nakamura, a Golden Gloves boxing champion. They did a work shoot wrestling match that, of course, was terrible, and China won. Afterwards, she said that she wanted to fight the men. The main, because she's an, a strong, independent whammon that don't need no man. But the main event of 
of Noya Ogawa versus amateur wrestler Matt Gaffari, according to Uncle Dave, quote, was the MMA equivalent of the Patterson Briscoe evening gown match, end quote. Good Lord. <laughs> I love uh, that's the one I use as an example. That's just like, so it was comically bad, I guess. Uh, Gaffari was apparently terribly out of shape, and it was completely awful. Hot damn! I think the last part was a redundant statement to say when he just said what he just said, but I was okay. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of China and Japan, uh, again, the woman, not the country of China and Japan. You know what I mean? Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think that's even possible. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling is indeed planning to book China on several shows in September, facing male wrestlers. She's teaming up with some undercard guys in a six-man match against the team of Yuji Nagata, Jushin Liger, and Masahiro uh, Kakahira, uh, Kakahara. That last one, I don't know who the hell it is. <laughs> uh, in other matches, she's also facing such names as Yoshihiro Tanahashi, Kenzo Suzuki, Masahiro Chono, Minoru Tanaka, and more. You know, because... She can hold her own against them. Well, sell some tickets, I guess, because apparently they need to. <laughs> yeah. It, to recap, I just mentioned Kanahashi, Suzuki, uh, Chono's, whatever, and uh, Minoru Tanaka. <laughs> hey, hot damn. Uh, in case that's not enough bad ideas for one tour, though, New Japan Pro Wrestling is also bringing in a fake Great Muda. It turns out that they own the rights to the gimmick, so evidently they're planning to do their own version of the fake diesel diesel razor thing. How Mexico of them. It's like, is this Japan or Mexico? Because, like, what the hell, man? That was just, like, You know what's weird is that the video game company Ukes had to bail them out because Antonio Inoki drove them so far into the gutter. That sounds very weird. Right? And uh, now Ukes is making AEW video games. So there you go. Wait, right? Uh, it's them, right? Yeah, it'd be a good one. I think it is them, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, I, it's not like they were, you know, flourishing under Ukes, but they were doing better than they were under Anoki. At least they weren't bringing in MMA fighters to, you know, have work shoots against their guys. Either way, shoot, bro. Well, just when you think we're far enough down in the gutter, we actually got these next two stories, which are even further down in the gutter. So, you ready for this? Not after that intro, but yeah, I guess so. Well, this first one, uh, we haven't mentioned Dark Side of the Ring in a while now, so this is our first Dark Side of the Ring shout out in uh, quite a few shows. But the TV show America's Most Wanted is working on a story about what happened to former XPW wrestler Messiah. They were filming at a recent benefit show for Messiah to raise money for his medical treatment, and they're attempting to get comment from XPW on the incident. Boy, you just don't say you did. Yeah. Give me more freaking publicity. Uh, For anybody that doesn't know and didn't watch The Dark Side of the Ring, uh, he was jumped in his apartment. And two guys like held him down and cut off one of his thumbs. They tried to cut off the other one, but he ended up fighting him off and they ran. The the guys were never was the caught. porn guy, right? Uh, the the owner was the the porn guy. The Messiah 
they said that uh, they think the owner sent them after Messiah because he like slept with his girlfriend or something like that. I I don't know. It's uh, it's a lovely company. Uh, speaking of XPW, really? well, speaking of XPW though, they were attempting to run a show at the old ECW Arena in Philadelphia, and what a mess that turned into. I, no. I know. I know. I'm shocked too. Uh, they booked the building wow. and and started Just selling never tickets. Know. We were here. <laughs> they booked uh, the building and started selling tickets, but then someone pointed out that they don't have a license to promote wrestling in the state, and they also need to put up a bond. So first, they went to Ring of Honor promoter Rob Feinstein and asked to use their license. ROH turned them down because even though Rob Feinstein is allegedly a dirtbag, he's not that much of a dirtbag. Uh, so when XPW went and tried to get the bond, they found out that they needed a business address within the state. So they used ROH's business address without Feinstein's permission. Yeah. Are we going to overlook the obvious, by the way, that you said something about them trying to promote wrestling? At what point was this wrestling? Well, in, in the loosest sense of the term, I'll say. Uh, but when word got out, People were furious with Ring of Honor because they felt that they were helping XPW. Ring of Honor booker Gabe Sapolsky was also furious that XPW used their business address to secure the bond for their show. In the meantime, XPW has managed to secure a license via some other means, and the show at the ECW Arena is still a go. Oh, well, thank God. Sidestep that landmine. Yeah. Uh, Rob Black is the name of the, the piece of crap who run ran xpw by the way that's the porn guy uh just it's just uh, watching that dark side of the ring episode on xpw just made me feel like i needed the bath well between them and the jake the snake one one definitely one of them oh good lord yeah right that xpw it's just like like you said it made ECW look like the show we're about to cover today. <laughs> Not saying something. But now we're into TNA to close things out here. It, this this story... It is Greg, TNA at this point, too. So. <laughs> wow, you're not wrong. This first story broke my heart, Greg. I, I gotta tell you. Oh, good lord. Ed Ferrara... I, I feel like I can sense some sarcasm in there. I don't know why. Oh, no, not at all. Not, not even a bit. Uh, Ed Ferrara has left TNA and will no longer be a part of the broadcast. Oh, no. I know, right? Not Oklahoma. Uh, Uncle Dave doesn't really give any details as to why, but everyone agrees that the two-man booth works better anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, I him not excuse. being on commentary at all. Yeah, right. I mean, I like, the, 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 the excuse there, it sounds like, oh, well, two men works better anyways. Too bad we had to lose him. No, I would rather lose him. And I'd rather have a one-man booth than have Ed <laughs> Ferrara in there. I'd rather have no commentary whatsoever than have Ed Ferrara in there. I'd rather Maybe that's just car than have Ed Ferrara in there. I may, I may go as far as to say I would rather have... Uh, I'm blanking on his name now. The Pittsburgh guy from WCW. Mark Madden. Mark Madden. I, I, I almost would rather have him than Ed Ferrara. That one's a toss up because Mark Madden sucked. Uh, he sucked. He did watch wrestling, though, and I feel like he did 
like wrestling at least. I mean, there was that. Gotta give him that. But, yeah. But he's yeah, he's still terrible. Right. Uh, you know how we always talk about uh, Pittsburgh may be crap, but the wrestlers they produce are usually pretty damn good. It's a, you know, if not excellent. Uh, well, not the commentary they produce because he sucked. I mean, not that he's improved since, you know, WCW shut down, but you know what I mean? Either way, uh, Ron Killings recently defeated Ken Shamrock to become the first ever black NWA world's heavyweight champion. That's crazy not to say a that moment too soon, huh? I know. We, uh, it only took, you know, a hundred years. <laughs> it took the actual NWA dying and then them throwing their name on TNA. Yeah, right. Freaking Vince Russo had to book it. That's I'm sorry. That's I'm going to get some crap for this. I don't care. But this him winning the NWA title and being historic is about as historic as Claudio being the Ring of Honor champion right now. It means nothing. <laughs> well, they weren't on. Sorry, I'm going to be mad, but it does. Huh? I mean, I, well, they weren't even on TV at this time. Like well, they're on weekly pay per view. But... Yeah, they're on. Yeah, they're on weekly pay per view. But like, hardly anybody knows who the hell. Well, then I guess I guess to go against my point, Ring of Honor doesn't even have a company right now. So I guess at least they had a weekly show. <laughs> I don't know. It's all stupid. It's all dumb. Yeah, I know. Well. Either way, Ken Shamrock is gone from TNA as they can't afford his contract anymore. He's the second highest paid person in the company behind Scott Hall. Speaking of which, Scott Hall's TNA and deal they can said, afford his. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, between these two guys, and don't get me wrong, I love Scott Hall, but in 2002, like, I, I, was was he, you know, pu- pumping out bangers? I don't think so. Uh, either I way, any uh, of the clips was in 2002 until Michaels came back, but. Yeah, right. Uh, well, speaking of which, uh, Scott Hall's TNA deal is said to be uh, $3,000 to $3,500 per show and the first class or and first class transportation. TNA is naturally trying to cut that back. Hall has agreed to fly coach <laughs> the, the humanity. Uh, Gross. Uh, but they're also wanting to cut way back on the per show contract, and it remains to be seen if Hall is wanting to give that up. They're also looking to bring in uh, at bringing in X Pac, and they could team him with Hall. Uh, I think he I comes in. Do or not? I know he comes in for their on FS1. I don't know if how far past this time though. But either way, uh, also, Buff Bagwell hasn't been brought back to TNA due to budget and attitude reasons. Which means he got fired from two companies in two years for attitude problems. I just, I'm so shocked. That the Buff His mom probably took care of him. <laughs> yeah, he'll just go home. Mama, I need another massage. Well, that Apparently sounds creepy as hell, but... <laughs> Uh, apparently they were super weird, like uh, some of the stuff that people would say. It's like, uh, she shaved him. It's like, what? And they said, oh. and I think Nash said that. He said, he was like, he didn't hide this stuff. Like, he he didn't feel like there was any shame to it. It's like, dude, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <sighs> Last story I got here, this one just, oof. We've talked about this kind of stuff before, but this is kind of confirmation. 
Don Harris, uh, if anybody knows, he's one of the Harris twins, uh, Blue Brothers, Blue Bruce Brothers. brothers. <laughs> uh, either Skull or Eight Ball, one of them. Yeah, either way. Uh, Don Harris recently wore an SS shirt to the ring. That's uh, recently, I had to look it up. I, I mean, I knew what it was, but I guess, I guess it's uh, Stoffel or Nazi. That. What's it called? Schustoffel, SS. Okay, before you said Nazi, I swear I was going to say it sounds like a German dessert. <laughs> that would be a horrible dessert. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, SS, for anybody, if, uh, it's it's uh, like neo-Nazis or whatever. But he wore a, an SS shirt to the ring at a TNA show. No one noticed until after it aired. I don't know how that's even possible. Uh, and they started getting complaints prompting TNA to issue a very vague apology on their website without naming who wore the shirt or acknowledging what was on it. Good Lord. How does this even happen? Nobody notices. The big, bald, tattooed-up white dude is wearing a Nazi shirt, and he gets it on TV? And then, no, and then what makes it worse is nobody says anything until after complaints start pouring in. Like, what the it's hell? It's almost like the, uh, oh, now we got to make an apology. That's oh, what it feels like. Yeah, <laughs> like, were you just hoping that nobody, like, enough people didn't watch your product that nobody would notice? Hey, we got a black, uh, the first ever black NWA champion. By the way, this guy's wearing a Nazi shirt. Like, <laughs> what? Oh, Lord. When you put it like that, it's worse. <laughs> right. It's, and uh, it, in the in the Observer at the time, uh, Uncle Dave was like, I don't know if he was trying to wear that shirt to get heat or whatever, but no, uh, it has since been confirmed. They have Nazi tattoos. The Harris Bros are neo Nazis. So yep, F they them. keep getting work. I knew, like, who kept hiring these a holes? Like, nobody knew this. I like how people were like, oh, they well, they were, they were nice guys. Like, but were they? Like, or were they only nice to certain people if you catch my drift? No, what are you saying? Yeah, right. uh, do I do I have to spell it out for you? Let's just say I'm sure Hit Row isn't their favorite act on SmackDown right now. Good Lord. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Either way. I, I never knew there was, it was like that. I mean, you had the inkling that they were like racist or something. But I, I feel like being a Nazi, it's, it's, a, it's a whole new level of racism, I think. Like, oh, seriously. Well, yeah, absolutely. That's disgusting. Yeah, let's just say they'll never share a locker room with Colt Cabana. Uh, it's just boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, these just uh, wow. I like growing up. I, I just thought they were tattooed up bikers. I mean, a lot of bikers, you know, look that. That's way exactly what they look like. You know. Yeah. But you could also look at them and say mm, skinheads, and <laughs> apparently that was it. What's going on in your life to make you be a Nazi? I know. Like, seriously, like what what happens in your life? Uh, you know what? I, I don't even want to speculate. I I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole. It's just uh, yikes. But anyway, if if you and I didn't dislike the Harris brothers enough already, that one kind of seals it. I but never right. saw with them. I I really didn't. I'm not just saying that because we're talking about this now. But yeah, they're just uh, they were they were. 
they didn't as far as their in-ring work they, they didn't suck it's just it was one of them where it's like you don't suck it just you're just kind of there like there's nothing special but you're kind of big i don't know but anyway uh we're gonna take our next break of the podcast and uh letting you know going into this break uh stay tuned through the break don't don't skip ahead or anything because a certain friend of ours is going to be talking about his hockey podcast which by the way greg was featured on uh, about a year ago talking about his uh oh, remind me i got a wait today's oh never mind okay sorry yeah uh, did i but... not play it this week but it's on saturday so <laughs> yeah uh but uh it's uh here in puckburg with a friend of the show shaggy von doom aka kyle sullivan Greg was on there talking about his beloved Sharks, whose arena he was in when he peed next to Dave Meltzer, by the way. So that's historic. It's true. <laughs> Sounds like a fake story right there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know, right? Uh, I peed next to him. Oh, uh, man. I, but anyway, uh, but yeah, stay tuned. Check that out and give him a listen. And uh, thank you, Shaggy slash Kyle, for the personalized ads, as always. And after this break, we're going to dive headfirst into SummerSlam 2002. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. By God, somebody's interrupting the Main Event Marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg... He told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcasts, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. We're back. We're back. 
It is time for WWE SummerSlam 2002. It took place August 25th, 2002 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. wonder if the Long Island Iced Z was at this one. He was there. And one thing he's very adamant about, which you have to say, was on Long Island. Oh, not in Long Island. I, yeah, no, exactly. It's an, it literally is an island. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was there. Apparently, you can see him during Shawn Michaels' entrance, but I've never seen a clip of it. So. Oh, nice. So, uh, is Long Island really an island, or is it is it just? I named believe that? it like... is. I think that and Staten are islands. I believe. Yeah. yeah Actually, right. I know for a fact Staten is because you literally have to take a ferry to get there. So that one well, is in fact an island. If anybody doesn't get what I'm talking about, there's a there's a scene from Friends where Joey's like, "Is Long Island really an island?" Or is it just named that, like Staten Island? And, 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 and Ross is like, uh, Staten Island is also an island. <laughs> but anyway, the attendance for this one was 14,797. And the pay-per-view buy rate, it uh, got 540,000 buys. So doing pretty good. We get right into pretty. it, by the way. We get right into it, by the way, after being introduced to the show by Michael Cole and Taz, who, by the way, are also still this on is the very, I believe this is the first, uh, I feel like it's the first um, pay-per-view where the commentary is just doing their brands. Yeah. Like Jim uh, Ross and Jerry Lord did. I know at Vengeance, they might have just split it up one half, one half. This one, they just, whatever brand it is, you're doing it. Was Vengeance co-branded? It was. Oh yeah, they were all co-branded up until. Uh, oh, I thought they had. I thought they split it at this time. <laughs> well, well, Vengeance he, is definitely co-branded. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know this one. I don't they, remember when they start splitting. I want to say it's in two thousand three. Oh, okay. Yeah, this one. I believe you're. Uh, that is correct. That this is the first show that they started uh, doing. They they split the commentary time between the two teams, which is way weird. I don't know why they knew it from the very beginning, but whatever. Yeah, I know. Uh, the Raw team is in that table up by the ramp, which Jr. absolutely effing hated, and he said it was like the worst spot in the entire arena to do commentary because he said, first of all, you're so far back from the damn ring. Second of all, he said you got the pyro right behind you, so it's blowing your damn eardrums out all night. <laughs> I, I could I could see that, but the SmackDown. I don't even know why side. someone thought it'd be a good idea at all. I know it's like, hey, you know how we set off tons of pyro? Uh, let's put commentary right in front of it. Like that, that'd be a good jo- good idea, right? Like, no. Either I, I know they were going for a different look for each show, which I totally get, but that was just kind of dumb. Either way, well, uh, bro. First, First match here is Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. It goes just shy of nine and a half minutes. Kurt Angle is dressed like a damn candy striper. And uh, Rey Mysterio is wearing silver. Never understand this. He looked like he was wearing PJs. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, did, did he? He was like, I, I want the dumbest looking outfit you can possibly give me. <laughs> I got you, bro. But in the end, it's so Mysterio, good the match overshadowed even that, so it's fine. Right. Oh, well, for sure. Uh, but in the end, Rey Mysterio delivered the 619 and the West Coast pop for a near fall. Kurt Angle then reversed a Super Hurricane Rana attempt into an ankle lock, 
Mickey Mysterio submit. Uncle Dave gives us three and three quarter stars. Heaven knows what the hell shaved off a quarter of a star. I gave it an even four. Let's say you. I gave it an even five. So perfect. This is, this is one of the possible. best opening matches in history, man. Yeah, I was about to say if, if it's if it's not the best, it's up there in the in the top two or three. There was another. There's another. I'm trying to think of. Uh, I know Rey Mysterio and Dolph Ziggler was like. Okay, that was hot. probably it. Yeah, that one was really damn good. Uh, but and, and I'm talking only WWE shows here as well. So, but yeah, the. This was freaking amazing. Two of the greatest to ever lace up a pair of boots. So there you go. And Rey Mysterio is still going to this day. Kurt Angle, unfortunately, can't go anymore. But yeah. Either way, backstage. It was this match, by the way, that altered Rey Mysterio's mask forever. If you go back and watch, he was adjusting it all match because he was hiding under the ring. And he put the mask on, but he couldn't find it to start the match. And he oh. found it like t- two seconds before he came out and surprised Angle. And he couldn't tie it. So all matches adjusting if you go back and watch. And wow. after this, started using Velcro and zippers. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that uh, went well. Yeah, because if you watch back in WCW, uh, it tied in the back. Yeah, and that was the whole thing here. He couldn't tie it because he had a pop out surprise Angle, he said. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I forgot to mention that in the notes. Uh, he starts off the match, Kurt Angle comes out, Rey Mysterio's name hits, uh, he doesn't come out, and then he pops up like from under the ring, he crawls out and surprises him. You had a jump start, bro. Bro, no, after, but swerve, bro, the jump starts by the face, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, we get another one of these later on, but not quite like that, but close enough. Uh, backstage, Stephanie McMahon is, first of all, roll tied and walking and talking with some all random the way live. Hell yeah. She's walking and talking with some random dude on a headset. Uh, she's saying that SmackDown whose is, is a... in a whose hand is in a, a cast. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Yeah, the guy's hand was in a cast. What the hell? Yeah, yeah I don't know who the hell this guy was, but uh, she's telling him that SmackDown is a superior brand. And he should go tell Eric Bischoff that the guy nods and runs away as if he gives a damn about any of this. Uh, I, I'm like, what? Why? Like, I don't know. Some of the backstage segments WWE would do sometimes are so damn random. My favorites are always every time we cut backstage, somebody's on a cell phone. Like the general manager is and always on a phone. And magically, magically, you can hear it if they want you to. Yeah, right. I forgot about that one. Uh, but either way, Stephanie then walks into her office and we see a smiling Eric Bischoff on the couch. When she asks what he's doing there, he yeah, says that, that walked into me too. So <laughs> uh, he says that the office is for general managers, so they should share the office. Stephanie agrees and they sit on their respective couches and watch SummerSlam together. Uh, if this was real, this would be super awkward <laughs> all night. Like, hey, I, know I watched a movie enemies, the other night but... that started like this. But... <laughs> what the hell? Was, was there some uh, some jazz music that started up halfway through? Uh, yeah, heavy on the saxophone, too. How'd you know? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, just a lucky guess. Oh, okay. Uh, up next is Chris and Jericho. And we're first. 
Uh, up next is Chris Jericho versus Ric Flair in just shy of ten and a half minutes. This was Ric Flair's first ever wrestling match at SummerSlam. What's funny That's is that he, win. I know, right? What's funny is that he wore a purple robe here, and he also wore a purple robe at at uh, SummerSlam '92, uh, but he didn't wrestle there. Uh, Chris Jericho put Ric Flair in his own figure four leg lock at one point. Flair got to the ropes and tapped right after, but Jericho wouldn't break the hold, so he insisted that Flair submitted. However, the referee ordered the match to continue. Flair ended up low-blowing Jericho when the ref got blinded for a moment, and then Flair won the match by making Jericho submit to the figure four. Uncle Dave only gave this two and three-quarters of a star. Uh, I gave this three and a half stars. I loved it. What say you? I gave it three as well. Uh, That's pretty good. Damn good match. Yeah. Flair, Flair held up his end of the bargain. He was still doing good stuff in 2002. Uh, and Jericho was great at this time. So he is literally about to get like the outside of the NWA days, his biggest thing ever. Triple H. Yeah. Right. Or one month away from that. That one where he, uh, he, he gets that random title shot on, uh, on a raw. No, I just mean the, the running as a Triple H, but that's a couple oh, months away. Yeah. yeah, I I freaking love that, man. They uh, Pritchard's podcast reviewed that that Raw, and I forgot how great that was. Just that, the like, it wasn't even about the whole show, but just the, the Flair and Triple H stuff on that show was awesome. But after the match, Jericho pulls his hair out and has an absolute fit. You know, go backstage to see Brock Lesnar. That's the thing with, with Canadians today. If you notice that, they all cry and fall about everything. <laughs> they have to pull their hair out. But we now go backstage to Brock Lesnar warming up in his locker room. Paul Heyman tells Brock that WWE is releasing the best of Hulk Hogan DVD because Brock killed his career. He then hypes Brock up about the main event match against on, The Rock. On, on, on SmackDown, not Raw, by the way. No callbacks to the news. <laughs> How dare you correct Uncle Dave? Bastard. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I should have peed on him, too. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, next time. It would have been uh, bad, though. All I drink is water, so it's not like I would have you know, done anything real damage. <laughs> you just piss on your hand and then shake his. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, I, I, half I dozen the just like shake it without washing my hand but i keep a very clean anyways let's go on <laughs> good lord up next is is uh eddie guerrero versus edge this one went 11 minutes 47 seconds the deport eddie sign was in the crowd was super progressive <sighs> how does that get on tv how does that get in the building uh because back then they didn't give a damn <laughs> clearly also dumbass he was born here yeah right <laughs> <laughs> Deport him to where? Texas? Texas? <laughs> I mean, whatever. <sighs> but anyway, throughout the match, Eddie Guerrero. Look, I'm not prude, okay? I, I, I can laugh at jokes, but that's not even clever. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, and the thing is, it wasn't even like uh, Napoleon Dynamite hadn't even come out yet. So you couldn't even say, oh, it's a play on, uh, you know, yeah. Pedro, the Pedro thing. Pedro. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so this was effing just stupid. 
But anyway, uh, throughout the match, Eddie Guerrero targeted Edge's shoulder. Guerrero also countered a spear attempt with a drop kick to the shoulder. That was actually pretty cool. Uh, he then hit a frog splash onto Edge's bad shoulder. In the end, Edge ducked a clothesline, hit the ropes, and nailed a spear for the win. <laughs> he went down like a freaking sack of bricks, dude. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. Let's say you. Three. I know. They would have an even better match, believe it or not, on SmackDown in a couple of weeks. And it's one of my all-time favorite matches. It's on It's on SmackDown. It's kind of a hidden classic as it was on pay-per-view. It is yeah. freaking phenomenal. This is back when SmackDown was, like, the show to watch. And I, I know it is again. But, well, I can't, I can't even say, like, SmackDown is the show to watch right now because freaking Raw is heating ass up, too. I, I mean, just uh, just this past week. I mean, as the posting of this was two weeks ago, but Raw's been seemingly freaking hot as hell, too. So it's as close to flawless as it can possibly be. Yeah, I have uh, not and, rolled my eyes at a stupid Raw thing in like three weeks of, as of this. So yeah, so that right. keeps up. Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano officially uh, made his Raw debut. He's back. The crowd lost their ever loving minds. Edge got a hero's welcome in Toronto. Hero? Like the god. <laughs> yeah, right. The iconoclast is back in Toronto. But yeah, this... Uh, Trish, too. Oh, yeah. I will say this. I know it's Eddie Guerrero and Edge, two of the, you know, the best out there or whatever. But I honestly, this, I thought this was just going to be a throwaway, whatever match. I really wasn't expecting anything, but man, it was damn good. I know, shocker, but like I said, I thought it was just going to be a throwaway. I didn't think these two were capable of a good match together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, backstage, Jonathan Coachman... This isn't even like prime edge yet either, by the way. Keep that in mind. Worth noting. I will, like, edge is good. This is not edge yet. This is when I became a good huge... This is when I first became a huge edge fan, though. And I, I will say, uh, the Rob Zombie theme... Help put that over the edge for me. <laughs> well, I also want to I point out that you like missed that. that. I, I, I forgot to write this in the notes. Did you you watch this on Peacock, right? Yeah. Did you notice they had uh, this is when they lost the rights to Flair's theme, so they used the uh, yes theme. And for some reason, they get yeah, Rob Zombie though, and they can't get Flair's. Theme. <laughs> well, they <laughs> also blur out me. the WWE. They also blur out. Uh, I guess because they were wwe at this time but they blur yeah. out the logo on the intercontinental title so i'm like this is well, so what sense. this what that tells me is this is the direct uh rip from the dvd not the right. raw footage because that's how it is i have the dvd still that's how it is on there so i don't it's not the raw footage i don't get that so, though they they've been wwe for a while now had they not got a new intercontinental title by this time they had not no it doesn't come until I think Triple H beats uh, Kane for it and retires it. Wow. Because remember, I, they're, they're only about two months away from getting rid of it, which is dumb as hell, but they get it back. They write that wrong, but only two months away from that. Effing weird, dude. But, uh, well, backstage, Jonathan Coachman interviews the Un-Americans, who are Christian, Lance Storm, and Test, about their upcoming tag title defense against Goldberg, or excuse me, Goldberg, God, Gold Dust and Booker T. Uh, Lance and Christian say the worst part about the match is that they have to perform in front of the stupid and lazy Long Island fans. Yeah, yeah. man. 
we all know that great Canada America feud, right? <laughs> like that great that great war. Anyway, this next match. I've been to Canada, and I, I have nothing bad to say about it, but it's just <laughs> it's just it's our it's our whipping boy. Like we are there, they do the same thing. It's all good fun. <laughs> Well, Stupid American, is, LOL Canada. Come on, it's all good fun. But the it's uh, the Un-Americans of Lance Storm and Christian defending the WWE World Tag Team titles against Booker T and Gold Dust. This one goes for about nine and a half minutes. Near the end, the ref got knocked out by a flying Lance Storm kick. Uh, Booker T then hit the scissors. One of the best super bo- kicks in history. Just gonna point yep. that out. Oh yeah, I, I know people sleep on him, uh, but. Booker T then hits the scissor kick on both Lance Storm and Christian, but there was no ref. When Goldust fought Storm outside of the ring, Test made a run in and gave Booker T a big boot. Christian then pinned Booker T to retain the titles for the Un-Americans. Uncle Dave and I both gave this Trace Stars. What say you? Uh, I went back and forth on two or three. I think I ended on three. I... There's another one where they're going to have a far better match soon on Raw, I believe. I messaged you uh, before we record. Like this was the worst match of the night, and that's not bad. Something's got to be bad. Something's got to be last. But I'm going to say this is the second worst match of the night. But that's for me anyway. Uh, I will say this one again. All four of these guys are talented and great, whatever. But seriously, I expected nothing in this match. So I give it three for exceeding my expectations. It was pretty these damn are good. All, uh... Hall of Famers, too, are soon to be here one day. No yeah, doubt. should be. Yeah, if Lance Storm can... Goldust will be in, trust me. We all know he will. There's just one little hole in right now, but Lance Storm probably will be, too. So, Right. Christian's first ballot. Whenever he decides oh, to finally quit. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. uh, but... Actually, I forgot. Either. Christian's in the same boat as Goldust. I, I often forget he's there. But yeah, there. right. Well, in The World, which is the former WWF New York, Jamie Noble is holding a contest where Nydia will pick a random dude to make out with. Uh, I think I answered this like 47 times. <laughs> like, the hell? Uh, she chooses one of the guys. The other one runs off crying. <laughs> you know, like a real freaking man. Uh, and Nydia jumps just the winner. just lost that. Wouldn't you run off crying? Shut your mouth. I'd think about it. Uh, and Nydia jumps the winner. Jamie Noble then cheers them on. This is the, like, what the, f- what did I just watch? Man? Oh, so close. You said this is like the, I was like, this is like the whitest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that's, that's one of, it's one of them. It's up there. What in the roll tide, Betty White, the Betty Crocker bull crap am I watching here? Oh, man. Oh. Man, I laughed so hard because it was so stupid. But man, I laughed. I can't lie. But the uh, name, what in the name of? Se- <laughs> There's another oh. segment on the show that I had the same reaction. Like this was so stupid, but I laughed. But yeah, what, you're coming to it. Don't worry. What uh, the name <laughs> of Paula Dean did I just watch here? <laughs> this was effing stupid. Uh, it and Jamie, like she's sitting there making out with this dude on this couch on the stage, and Jamie's so around, like, yeah, yeah, get it, boy, get in, get in there, yeah, yeah. And he's like jumping it. around too, man, like, like yeah. really getting into it. He's like, come on, like now, come on, get, get, get in, grab that ass, come on, get in there. Like, what the, f- <laughs> what are you doing? Like, are you mentally uh, deficient? Like, what the hell, man? 
I just think back to that principal in Ferris Bueller where he's like, so that's how it is with them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's like, dude, what the uh, well, you know, and after this, uh, Jamie had to make a call to uh, Uncle Dad and Aunt Mom. So, but be like, hey, we're gonna be on Jerry next week. <laughs> right. Uh, oh man, uh, Steve Wilco's passed, but uh, Jerry will take us. <laughs> anyway, after this, we go back to Eric Bischoff and Stephanie McMahon. Bischoff says that Nydia, quote, really knows her place in this business, end quote. That's, uh, and he would love to have her on Raw. If you see anything wrong with that statement, that's what yeah. you want. <laughs> like, um, pervy. Uh, Stephanie says that her place in the business is on top. Uh, okay. Yeah, that age, well, huh? Yeah, right? Uh, we are now. <laughs> they then talk about whose show will uh, come out on top by the end of the show. Uh, this, uh, oh my God. Let's move on. It's crazy uh, to next. think that we are now back in the spot where SmackDown's kicking Raw's ass. Yeah, right. And uh, it's it's weird though that uh, Stephanie's in control. Stephanie and Triple H, and uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. But anyway, uh, up next is Chris Benoit defending the WWE Intercontinental Title against Rob Van Dam in Holy sixteen and a half crap, minutes. Man, that's all I'm gonna say. Oh, yeah. Well, this, by the way, and this is an unpopular opinion, I'm well aware. This is my favorite Intercontinental title design. I love the Attitude yeah, Era. It's my second, but yeah. I mean, yeah. The current, I just, the current one was my favorite, but I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, yeah, the, the, the one before this design is everybody's favorite, usually, but... I don't know, man. The I grew up on the Attitude Era Intercontinental title, so it's just it's whoa, got a special whoa, place you in my grew heart. up. Eat ass. But anyway, uh, in the end, Rob Van Dam won the title by pinning Chris Benoit after a five-star frog splash. Benoit was bleeding from the mouth, and RVD's ponytail came undone in this one. Apparently, a woman in the crowd kept teasing like she was going to flash her breasts during this match, which took the crowd's attention away from this and uh, kind of hurt the match. Ah, man. Uh, Uncle Dave and I both gave it three and a half stars. What say you? What the frick? What are you guys watching, man? This is like another one of the best matches of the night. This is five all the way. You say five? Hell yeah. Damn. This match was brilliant. I, I would have even went to four, maybe. I, man, I didn't oh, think this it was... match was perfect, man. This is one of the best RVD matches in history. I mean, I it know. Was... Look, he's with them on the other side. But holy crap. This it was, was really good. Perfect I didn't beat. Yeah, I don't know. I I like I really liked it, uh, but I don't know. It wasn't one of my favorite. It's probably a top five RVD matches. Not my favorite, but I don't know. I think it's only, I think it's only second to John Cena at one night stand. Personally, that one was damn good too. We got to go back and watch that one of these days. But back in the GM office now, Eric Bischoff tells Stephanie McMahon that from now on she can watch the Intercontinental Title on Raw. Stephanie looks him up and down before laughing maniacally and walking away. Bischoff looks confused. <laughs> I'm anybody surprised who you... doesn't know wants to get ahead. Do you know why yeah. she's laughing? Do you remember why? Uh, well, because was it the very next night that they announced Brock Lesnar would no longer be uh, on Raw? Yes. 
Okay. <laughs> and that's when they bring out the big gold belt. Which, by the way, now that Triple H is in charge, that should be coming back pretty soon, right? <laughs> I swear that, like, and I know it probably wasn't his call at all. I like, I'm not saying that, but it's like I feel like I Triple disagree. H. I think it was his call all the way. Well, I'm, I, I'm thinking it's like obviously it made sense because Eric Bischoff and whatever, but uh, I think it was like Eric, Eric Triple H was like, I really want to hold the big gold belt, just like my hero Ric Flair. <laughs> I I mean I wouldn't put it past him either way up next this is my worst match of the night candidate it is and I'm not saying it sucked either it's just my in my opinion worst match of the night it is test versus the undertaker in 8 minutes 18 seconds Lance Storm and Christian both interfere in this match and receive choke slams from the dead man for their efforts test hits a running big boot but taker kicks out in the end, The Undertaker won with a tombstone pile driver. Uh, like I said, it, this, in my opinion, this was the worst match of the night, but it was still pretty good, especially for a test match. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it two and a quarter stars. They gave it two and a half. Say you. I, I gave it three because test was not that great at this point. I think it was still damn good for that. Oh, yeah. For, for a test match, it was really good. Um, but test... I, I never thought he was very good, so. Uh, I, I think his best stuff is actually coming up. Uh, when he chops his hair off? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he he gets a little better then, I'll say. Um, I, I dug this look more, but I don't know. Either way, uh, The Undertaker goes into the crowd after the match to grab an American flag. He comes back and celebrates and poses with it for the crowd to cheer. Uh, now, up next, the build-up package for this Triple H-Shawn Michaels match is in the top three packages WWE ever put together, in my opinion. Oh, yeah? <laughs> wow. Uh, I'll put it up there with the Rock and Austin package that everybody talks about, uh, to my way, uh, or any other promo videos, actually. Like, this this was freaking yeah, I mean, amazing. Yeah, yeah. People are going to try to copy this from Moxley and Punk, right? <laughs> they put everything uh, else. Why not this one? You, you, you haven't seen those? I've been seeing the people comparing. Uh, I've been seeing people compare uh, Punk and Moxley to Rock and Austin. And I'm just like, yeah, no. I'm like, well, and I'm thinking about the package. I'm like, are they going to do that for this too? <laughs> I will. I, I'm not defending it by any means. I will say, though, those are the two top names they have at this time. They're two biggest stars. But, no, it's not Rock and Austin. Probably the closest they're going to get for a while, but still not Rock and Austin. But up next, it is my favorite match of the entire night. It is Shawn Michaels versus Triple H in an unsanctioned street fight. This goes for just shy of 27 and a half minutes. The crowd was absolutely electric for this one. Shawn Michaels' entrance got all the pyro and confetti. As he it could. made Cody jealous. Yeah, I know, right? This is, this is what Cody touches himself to at night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Triple H nailed a series of backbreakers on Shawn Michaels, constantly working the back. Uh, both men got busted open. In the back! <laughs> wow. Works uh, the back! Uh, but both men get busted open. Michaels hit Triple H with a ladder. 
HBK then nailed a splash onto Triple H from the top rope, threw a table on the floor. Uh, crowd went nuts for that. And he had a diving elbow drop off the ladder. Match came to an end when Michaels went for sweet chin music, but Triple H countered into a pedigree attempt. But Michaels countered that into a jackknife pin for the win. Uncle Dave said this was a hell of an emotional ride. He gave it four and a quarter stars. I gave it four and a half. Let's say you. So another one I gave five. This is one of my all-time favorite matches, period. Not just of the night. Yeah, same here. Uh, look, Michaels had some amazing matches, his first run in WWE, but I feel like he had way more like great quality matches in his second run. I mean, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, some of it was caliber of opponent. Not that he faced all, you know, a bunch of slackers his first time around, but I feel like the work rate really went up by the time he came back. So, like I said before, he's the only guy in history that has two primes. I know, freaking, freaking nuts, man. He he looked phenomenal. He wrestled phenomenal. Just he looked like he'd never been out of the ring. And keep in mind, it's been four years since his last WWE match at this point. But after the match, Shawn Michaels is celebrating when Triple H slams a sledgehammer into his back and then nails him in, uh, nails him in the right in the back with it again. Uh, when he's on his knees, he basically puts uh, slams a hammer right in between Shawn's shoulder blades. EMTs rush out to check on Shawn as Triple H gives a crotch chop and walks off. Jim Ross shouting, how in God's name can that human being be from this planet? Do you have a conscience? Do you have no heart? You have no soul? You son of a bitch! Do you realize what you just done? That, that made it even better for me. <laughs> like, this was prime was Oh, yeah. He's just, he's just going off. You have no conscience! You have no heart! Like, hot damn. Like, this, this was what makes JR what, the greatest announcer of all time. Uh, not talking about what he's doing now, but back then, hot damn. But Triple H laughs his way to the back as Shawn Michaels gets loaded up onto a stretcher and taken to the back as well. Uh, this next segment had to be what you were talking about when you talk about <laughs> so stupid. In the ring, I forgot about this, by the way. Uh, in the ring, Howard Finkel says I that... About it. I was like, oh God, we gotta watch this again. Yeah. Well, Howard Finkel says that he's got to get some things off of his chest. He puts himself over and says that while Major League Baseball is on strike, the WWE fans will always have the Fink. Yay. (sighs) (laughs) Trish Stratus interrupts now and Fink looks confused. He says that two weeks ago, Trish slapped him. Last week, she pushed him into a pool. He says that just because she's around all those Long Island skanks doesn't mean that gives her the right to be out there. Oh, God. Trish apologizes. It gets better. Trish apologizes (laughs) and says Finkel has a sexy voice. Finkel then drops one of the weirdest lines ever when he says that it's a dog-eat-dog world. She's got the puppies, and he has his wiener. Why is this the second, second time, time we've mentioned Second time you said that. <laughs> <laughs> she, th- uh, she says that she's going Bro. to go slow. <laughs> by the way, Vince Russo is not here, by the way. Uh, he was there me, like a minute ago. 
Yeah. We touched yeah. on that in a post previous episode. Right. Uh, Trish then says she's going to go slow and give him a big hug. He thanks Trish, and then Trish says that the real surprise is Lillian Garcia, who is now right behind the Fink. Finkel turns, and Lillian slaps the piss out of him. She then kicks Finkel in the balls so hard, she falls on her ass. I kind of felt bad for him. I'm like, holy crap, dude. Uh, While Howard is rolling around on the mat holding his junk, Trish and Lillian walk to the back celebrating for the fans. God. Uh, This was a segment. Anyway. uh, It was uh, something. Yeah. But we're about to get into the main event and the end of the show. Before we do that, we're going to take our second to last break. And on the other side of this, it's main event time. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It's The Rock defending the WWE undisputed title against Rock Lesnar with Paul Heyman in his corner. This is probably the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. Right. Now, this is Brock Lesnar uh, Sands Tractor. Uh, this one goes for about 16 minutes. This one gets jump-started when The Rock rushes the ring to attack Brock. 
see, we uh, it's it's bookended here, man. First match, last match, jumpstart. However, uh, Brock Lesnar dominates early with power moves. The Rock locks in the sharpshooter and looks to be on the verge of victory, but Heyman interferes. Heyman gave Brock a chair to use at one point on the Rock's ribs. Later, Heyman gets a rock bottom through an announce table for his troubles. The Rock and Brock both gave each other rock bottoms. The match came... Rock uh, came to, right. The, rock, uh, the match came to an end when Lesnar stopped a people's elbow. The Rock got out of an F5 attempt. Brock stopped a rock bottom and then hit the F5 to win the title. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I actually gave it four stars. What say you? I give it four as well. Did you notice how the uh, fans turned on the rock like very early in the match? Yeah, they kept going back and forth. It was like 50 50. Oh, like, I remember vividly everyone knew he was leaving. So uh, that was yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, heaven forbid you go to something outside of WWE. What's that th- that uh, Brian Danielson said? Fickle. Fickle. <laughs> but yeah, man, this was, this was really damn good. Uh, the Rock put Brock over clean as a sheet. It's funny to see the difference in Paul Heyman in 2002 versus Paul Heyman in 2022. And I know he's older and heavier now, but. Tony Yeah, well, that too. But he was super active and involved during this time, if you notice. Like, he was constantly getting in there and just running around or whatever. Now he's more of like a J.J. Dillon where he's like, he stands there and once in a while he'll like throw a weapon in. The wise man. Yeah, <laughs> right. But this will be The Rock's final appearance, as you mentioned, until after the filming of Hell Dorado, which will be renamed The Rundown. So don't expect him back until early 2003. Uncle Dave says that he also wouldn't be surprised if he came back as a heel. Well, wouldn't you know who won the pony? Uh, Yeah, no one saw that coming. Dave Meltzer called it. Oh, exactly. Dave called it, Greg. All right, you've already insulted him enough, okay? You leave Dave alone. Literally no such thing. (laughs) Wow. Uh, But... Either way, it's like saying I made enough money. No, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This show received a 99.7% thumbs up vote from Wrestling Observer readers. Who Who the hell is like the one? Yeah, it's like, who's the 0.3%? That was like, "Mm, thumbs in the middle or (laughs) "Mm, thumbs down. Like, who watched the show and wasn't blown away? Like, I would hate to be friends with that person because, you know, they're the, the kind of people who watch things just to crap on it. Garen freaking teed. But either way, uh, that brings us to our last break of the show. When we come back, we're going to tell you the final ratings and what's coming up in the month ahead on the podcast right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. 
Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Hey, we're back. We're back. Final time today. Final range time. Internet Movie Database gave it 8 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 9.3 out of 10. Uh, I give it 9.5 out of 10. About as perfect as you can freaking get. What say you? I gave it a solid A+. Plus. This is one That's of the best pay-per-views sure. in this year pay-per-view. Yeah. 2002 had some bangers. Uh, this was possibly the greatest show of the year, though. I don't even know if that's a debate. It's the greatest show of the year. So it's... Uh, 2002 was much needed, because 2001 wasn't exactly pumping out like amazing show after amazing show. Oh, it had no, some, the stuff. Yeah, uh, it had some it had some good shows um, in 2001. It wasn't complete crap that, you know, so uh, there's that. But I think 2002 was just so damn good. The WCW guys, you know, they they pretty much cut the, you know, cut the fat and kept the ones that were worth it. And they integrated well. But either way, that wraps up the month of August, man. Another one down. That's three uh, Summer Slams that we covered this cool. month. One, one month closer to death. Let's go. Hell yeah. That's that's <laughs> the spirit <laughs> going into this next month. Uh, September 4th, or excuse me, 7th, our next show. I can't math today. Uh, but our next show on the 7th is TNA No Surrender 2007. 
It's the next stop on our 2007 tour of TNA. And, and when you know it, dude, in 2022, that company will not surrender. Yeah, right. Yeah, it uh, takes on a whole new meaning there. But, what does Jim Cornette call it? Like the, the zombie company? It just won't die? Yeah, it's like Ever? a cockroach. <laughs> in the end days, there will be nothing but Twinkies and TNA. <laughs> but that's coming up next week on the podcast. September 14th, it's WWF In Your House 3, the Battle of the Belts. It's uh, the I might have some really good figure photography for that. Let's hopefully. Yeah, there you go. Follow at Main Event Collector on Instagram. Check that out. That is uh, that damn new gen ring. Hopefully, by the time this airs, I have it. Yeah, right. This uh, this is the uh, the third in your house. Obviously, took place in 1995, September of 95. Yeah, can't can't beat that. And you got all the titles on the line in the main event. It's Diesel and Shawn Michaels versus uh, British Bulldog and Yokozuna. Talk about that more in the show. September 21st, on my birthday, we're reviewing WCW Fall Brawl 1998. That one, I don't really remember. So I'm looking forward to going back and watching it. And uh, we're covering... uh, It's a happening... (laughs) <laughs> that's good to know uh, the bonus show that week is also a fall brawl but it's the very first ever NWA Clash of the Champions 3 fall brawl so this one was just a tagline it's the very the first and only Clash of the Champions 3 I don't think you can have three twice well I mean fall brawls but yeah uh, yeah. I know uh, but when you leave the opportunity for me to be a smart ass I'm going to take it uh, oh Jeez. I know I've known you long enough this one <laughs> Uh, this one is the very first ever time they called a show Fall Brawl, and uh, so we're going to review that. And I find it I funny, by the way, that War Games originated at the Great American Bash. Fall Brawl originated here, and they just eventually put them together. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And we're all over the map in the month, or yeah, in the month of September here, because uh, on September 28th, to close out the month, it's WWF Ground Zero in your house when they started reversing the in your house and the in the name of the show so uh, this one was from 97 i do believe yeah so that's our first and only 1997 i'm gonna give you a warning right now before you watch it it is not that good of a show but the new segment should be pretty popular here yeah uh Going back to the to the year 1997 for this one, we've covered a lot of 97 this year because it was a there's a lot of good in 97. This is not one mm-hmm. of them, <laughs> right? Well, we're covering uh, more 97 throughout the year, so I, I I like to I like to cover as much 97 as I can. We're you know we're yeah. covering at least one from I each just, company. I love that uh, 1998 or 2023 is coming because we'll be doing 98 because of your OCD and your anal compulsiveness. And that's actually working out my favorite next year, so I'm happy about that. I yeah. I will say um, I'm trying to spread the love a little bit more next year because um, I've got some 04s, some 08s, some 98s, some uh, thir- 2013s, and uh, yeah, some some other fun stuff thrown in there, and even some ones from 97 that we left off this year. So I'm, I'm trying to spread it around a bit, but either way, uh, that'll do it for us for the month of August. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. It was fun. 
and we'll see you next month and next week for TNA No Surrender 2007. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.